Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for this Friday, the 23rd day of December. I'm Paul White, and I hope that you are having a fantastic week as we head into Christmas weekend. We are almost there. We are nearly at the arrival of the birth of the Lord Jesus and the celebration of that first advent, the arrival of Christ. We're looking at Mary this week and trying to get inside the mind as as we can based upon this conversation she has with the angel Gabriel in Luke chapter 1. The mind of Mary, mother of Jesus. What did she feel? What did she go through? How did she handle this season of waiting and anticipating? And she has more to deal with in her situation than we can possibly imagine. And and how the Bible then speaks of her in several other moments of the Gospels. Not many, but a few. Just enough to give us an insight into her character. In the way she responds to the 12-year-old Jesus. Her response to Jesus at, at his sort of coming out party, his miraculous coming out party in John 2. It's not his wedding, but by coming out party, I mean, that's the first miracle of Jesus and the world's about to know him forever. And her conversation with the hosts of the party are very telling. She's there at the foot of the cross and is given charge. You know, here's your son, son, here's your mother uh, with, with her and what is believed to be John, the author of the gospel of John and how and we don't get any more of her. I mean, we don't know what occurs in the biblical story, like up on into the epistles with Mary. But um, what a story! What a moment! And what a woman! I want to emphasize today the thirty fourth and thirty fifth verses. This is just after Gabriel tells her that Jesus will be great, son of the highest reign on the throne of his father David, reign over the house of Jacob forever, of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary responds in verse 34, how can this be since I do not know a man? Or how can this be since I'm a virgin? It's close to the, to the question that Zacharias asks, but the difference, Zacharias asks the angel, How am I going to know this is true? I'm an old man. My wife's advanced in years. And that costs him his tongue. He can't speak for the duration of his wife's pregnancy because the angel says, you didn't believe. And while it sounds interesting that Gabriel would respond that way to Zacharias, Zacharias has a legit argument. How's this going to happen? I'm old. My wife's advanced in years. It's not the same argument that Mary gives. Zacharias is, is is a response of unbelief. Well, it's impossible for her for for me to do this. I'm old and my wife is old. It's a way of saying you've picked the wrong couple. Mary doesn't say I'm the wrong one. Uh, I'm not worthy. She just in her honor says. I haven't slept with anyone, and I know that's the prerequisite for getting pregnant. How can this be? And this isn't taken as unbelief. It's taken as a statement of fact about her own purity. And the angel Gabriel responds in verse 35, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. I want to add one thing. At the end of this conversation in verse 38, we we talked about this 
a few days ago, but in the Mary says, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In other words, Mary basically says, Amen. And by saying, Amen, she's showing that she's in agreement with the word that's been spoken over her. But I want to go back, and I really want to land today on verse 35. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. I want to, I want to point out two things, and both of them are a little bit easy to overlook because we don't think in their context. We think New Testament, we think post-resurrection, and therefore uh, we have a whole different set of criteria when we hear a word and when we read a scripture than they did. We don't think anything of the phrase, the Holy Spirit moved, or the Holy Spirit said, or the Holy Spirit's power. We have different interpretations of that. I was raised in a church culture where when we talk about Holy Ghost power, we it was almost always emotional, um, shouting, exorcisms, those kind of things. Healings, maybe physical healings, uh, most certainly some sort of physical response to, to a, an external move of the Spirit, like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Whenever Mary hears the Holy Spirit will come upon you, this was not common talk. The Old Testament showed the Spirit resting upon individuals to do the work of God. The Holy Spirit didn't come upon you. You didn't hear the phrase, the Spirit is about to move. (laughs) We say that in a post-Pentecostal world. They didn't say that. So in their scriptures, in what we call the Old Testament, but in their sort of Hebrew Bible, so to speak, the Spirit moving was an act of God that was to inspire change. When God moved, something happened. So the phrase, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you, she didn't have anything to compare this to. She did not have a concept of what this would look like. Maybe the message to us in Advent is sometimes in our waiting, sometimes in our darkness, Things happen that we don't have a concept for how to process. But we trust God in the middle of it that he has a process. I may not know how to process, but he has a process. And one other thing, I told you there was a couple things in this verse. The other thing, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. But I missed a word, sorry. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Therefore, also being, since the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, then you can call this son, this boy, the Son of God. When we call Jesus Son of God, we are not calling him Son of God in the way we are sons of God. We are sons of God by spiritual adoption. The author Luke is making it clear Jesus is considered Son of God, not in some spiritual way but in a real way. And that's ours to wrestle with and take by faith. But that's Luke's proclamation. Basically, if the Holy Spirit overshadows Mary, he's the real Son of God, birthed by the Spirit for all that that entails. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve. 
I'll also speak to you about the message we're going to put up for Christmas Day on our site. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.